Okay. You're listening to Thinkative, the podcast for philosophers, seekers, and the generally curious. I'm Tim Newton. I'm Matt Parker. And uh, in this series of podcasts, we try to address some uh, fundamental and perhaps some, sometimes not so fundamental philosophical questions. But this is a, a very sometimes superficial, one. superficial philosophical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one, this one could run deep, though. Uh, I, I feel today. The topic of conversation, or the question uh, for this particular session, is who do you think you are? Uh, and how might that manifest itself, uh, Mr. Parker? Right, so the question is, right, who are you? How do you know you are who you thought you were before? That's all a bit jumbled. What we're really asking is, what is it that makes one person the same person as another person. Of course, one person can never be the same person as another person, right? So we have to find a better way to say this. What, what makes you, you? What makes you, you? That's, that's good. What makes you, you? Are you the same person who woke up in your bed this morning? And this is all tied up with questions about, like, what is, what is death? What does it mean to survive, right? Mm-hmm. So is it possible that, for example... Even if your body was destroyed, you could live on in some other form, on some, in some other medium, in some other, uh, some other, some know. other consciousness. Yeah. Well, you, you've got your consciousness. Well, I must say as well, you know, the, one of the important elements to these conversations is the wine. We yeah, aim right. to uh, to uh, time these podcasts to the uh, to the length of time it takes us to drink a bottle of wine. This evening, we are drinking a Bordeaux Supérieur. From uh, Chateau Saint-Germain. Uh-huh. It's a 2013, so it's relatively young. It's uh, it's my shout. This one came from the corner shop and uh, cost a grand total of... £7.99. £7.99. Right. I don't, I, no expense is spared. Well, let's see. Can I do the honours this time? You can. The there you go. Screen. There's a corkscrew. Yeah. It's not like yeah. your fancy corkscrew. Yeah, we have, we have to else. get you a, a thinkative rabbit corkscrew. You do. Yeah. And links to wineries. <coughs> hey, Hello. That was a good one. So, as the first glass of wine is poured on this particular session, yes. Uh, thinking Jason? about why, oh yeah, Jason, our engineer, of course, uh, who's hello. hello, who knows a lot of things about a lot of stuff. More? Yeah, go on, yeah, yeah, yeah. go on. Right, yeah, yeah I'm getting okay. distracted by the wine here, so we ought to get on topic uh, yeah. somehow or other. Where can, where can we start on this then? Well, we could always start with Star Trek. Okay. Right? Oh, right, yes. Right? Bones was was always horrified about the teleporter, right? Because the concept of the Star Trek teleporter is that it destroys your body. It picks apart every single particle, atom or molecule or something like that, and then records the configuration and reassembles it somewhere else. Now, having been killed by this machine and then reassembled somewhere else, are you still alive or have you died and has someone else much like you been created somewhere else? Right. So that's one, one sort of like thought experiment about personal identity. Hmm. The, the question is, what are the conditions of persistence for, for a person? Right? What does it mean for you to survive? What does it mean for a person later to be the same person as you now or for me now to be the same person as you were before? There's a much more real-world, ordinary example, right? Think about the child that had your name at the age of, say, one, right? Think of the child that your mother gave birth to. Yeah. Think even of the fetus in her womb. Is that you? Are you the same person? Or are you, in fact, an entirely different person from that creature that once had your name? I suppose the only thing that gives us our sense of identity uh, well, apart from what we see visually in the mirror when we look in the mirror, mm. is our memories. That is right. So that that is a standard theory attributed to John Locke. Right? I mean, John Locke wrote about this, and 
And I don't know if anybody else proposed this theory of, of personal identity before Locke in the 18th century. And the idea is that the person who is me is the per- person who can remember doing the things that I did. Yeah. And what makes me me is my memories of who I was yesterday and the fact that I can recall um, what I had for lunch last Wednesday and nobody else can, right? And for Locke, it was tied up with culpability. And in fact, he said, what is it? He said that personal identity is a forensic concept, right? So, Forensic. So, right. So the idea was that even if your body had committed a crime, but you had no memory of it, then you're not culpable because that wasn't you. That was someone else, mm. right? So... If, for example, you drank enough of Chateau Saint-Germain 2013 mm. um, and went out and smashed up some windows, let's keep it, you know, yeah. mild here. We yeah. don't have to get ugly. Smash up some windows and you're brought into the magistrate next week and you're like, I have no recollection of that. Then, according to Locke, and this was kind of a problem for his memory theory of identity. According to Locke, that wasn't even you who smashed the windows. Uh. So you're not culpable at all. But as a matter of uh, practicality, we still have to prosecute people who can't remember what they were doing when they were drunk. Because, you know, otherwise it's just it would just be mayhem. Right? It's, it's the body that was responsible. Yeah, the body. And some consciousness was in the body, perhaps a limited sort of drunken consciousness. Mm-hmm. But... But according to Locke, if you can't remember it, then that wasn't you. Mm. Now, that's a bit extreme, right? Yeah, it is. Nowadays, many philosophers still think that personal identity has a lot to do with memory and perhaps with causation, right? So your mental states at some earlier time caused your mental states now. And it's because there's this causal link between your previous mental states and your current Mm. mental states that you are the same person as that person was before, right? Hmm. So there's a there's a causation element, uh, there's memory, there's also a possibility that certain personality traits are critical, like if your psychological attributes were to drastically change, then maybe you wouldn't be you anymore. But um, I think most philosophers would say, yeah, you'd still be you, you're just, you've just changed, that's all, yeah. right? And then there's a, there's another view, which is actually quite popular today, which says that you're actually an animal, just like a, a monkey or a giraffe. Yeah. And what makes you you is your body. And if even if somehow your mind were transferred into another body, that wouldn't be you. You are, you are the body that you're in. The physical entity. Yeah, you're the physical entity. You're the body. Yeah, that doesn't uh, take into account your your consciousness and the idea that this consciousness could be somehow transferred to another body. Say, for example, okay, so if I woke up uh, in... Turkey in 1876. Yeah. If I woke up in Turkey in 1876 tomorrow morning... Wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. If, no, yeah, so if I go to bed tonight... Yeah. And I wake up and I go your, to sleep... Your experience... Yeah. Right, is that now you're in Turkey and it's 1876. Yeah, I'm suddenly, and, and I'm in, in another body. Another body, right. All right so, so your body has utterly changed. My body has utterly changed, but I have all the memories you, of sitting you, here with you, doing this podcast, right. the last thing, you know, we were, we were getting through our bottle right. of, uh, I can't remember the... It's the Saint Chateau Saint-Germain. Chateau Saint-Germain. And then, and then I went to bed. It is, yeah. it's a Bordeaux and it's cheeky. Yeah. What do you think? Have you tried it yet, Jace? Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and anyway, I was drinking this, and then we all said good night, and uh, off I went to bed, and then I woke up in Turkey, and it's 1876. That's me, surely, yeah. despite the fact I've been uh, transposed. Right. You would certainly feel that way, right? Yeah, you would certainly feel that way. But then, so, and 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 I'm inclined to agree with you, and except that I would say, well, I'm not sure that. There's really an answer to that question. When you start introducing all these weird cases, there isn't necessarily a definite answer about whether that is you or not, or mm. was you or will have been you, something like that. Um, so there isn't necessarily necessarily a, a right answer. Because let's face it, it's not going to happen. It's not. That's a good point. Yeah. It's not. Well, 
uh, it might have happened to some people, and we don't. Do we know. just have the two bottles of wine. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's not. Tomorrow, I'm going to wake up in my bed, yeah. and things will be car- carrying on in this linear way, yeah. um, uh, as they always have. But suppose it suppose it happened, right? Yeah, suppose it did. Suppose it did happen. Actually, suppose it had happened, right? Because what we're really talking about is a case where, um, over a hundred years ago. A good 150 now. Mm. Somebody woke up in Turkey and remembered all the things that that you're experiencing now and yeah. have experienced before, right? And that person thinks, I'm Tim Newton, and I'm in Turkey, and, you know, why is my body so different, and so on, right? Does that mean that that person was you in 1876? Mm. Well... You can look at it different ways and it kind of seems like, yes, no, yes, no. Maybe we're fudging it a bit because we're also introducing time travel. Yeah, okay. So let's, 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 separate, let's leave out the time travel. Okay. Right? Okay. So suppose that... I, I wake up tomorrow yeah. and I'm in Rotherham. Yeah. Uh, and I'm um, a 38-year-old uh, woman who works in the metal box factory. See, I was I was going to say woman, but then I thought let's we've 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 cut time out. Let's not introduce okay gender I'm, I'm because that, that complicates this as well. Called yeah. Robin yeah. Beardsley, yeah, who works in uh, at least it, at least everyone around you is calling you Robin Beardsley. Yeah, right? everyone yeah. around me is calling me Robin, and I'm going. Yeah. I'm not Robin Beardsley. I'm uh, yeah. I'm Tim I, Newton. I'm and I need Newton. to get back to London. Right, because we have to do another podcast. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that's my, my first yeah. thought: is thinkative needs yeah. to be maintained. Right, uh, and and there I am thinking that I'm Tim Newton, but everyone else is convinced that I'm Robin Beardsley, and just going, ah, cut it out, Robin. Come on, it's time to go to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. Right. So who's right, you or them? Well, I. At the time, mm-hmm. I will certainly initially I will believe that it's that I'm right. I know what you'll believe. What will I believe? You'll believe that you're Tim Newton. Yeah, I will. Who's right? You or them? I, I am. <laughs> well, of course, you'd say that <laughs> <laughs> initially, yeah. but maybe over time, I'd start to accept that I'm Robin Beardsley. Talking about those such issues. Here, we've had a question in from Mark Phoenix. Yes. Who often uh, dibs into these things. He's our contributor. Greatest contributor. As your cells change continually, he says, on the Thinkative uh, Facebook page, you are not your body. So are you just your memory? What about people who have brain damage? Are they who they are? Okay, so I see what he's saying now, right? He's saying, like, if if you have brain damage and, like, okay, so let's take Phineas Gage, right? Do you know who Phineas Gage is? No, I don't. He is an absolute star of uh, of University Psychology 101 textbooks. Right? Okay. He, this was a man who, I believe it was early in the 20th century, maybe even 19th century, um, by accident, a steel rod uh, shot or fell from somewhere and went right through his head. Okay. Right? And I think it like it went through the top of his head and came out of his mouth or something horrible like that. Well, right? Jason knows about this. Yeah, Phineas Gage. Well, I think there was a band called Phineas Gage or something, right? Oh, it's like very famous. Um, okay. And what happened was um, his personality changed, and he wasn't himself anymore, so to speak, as it were. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> complaining <laughs> with a steel rod through right. his head. Well, they took the rod out, and he still wasn't feeling very well. Okay. And uh, he was just. Yeah, I think that that he turned he turned very surly and just didn't act like the same person anymore. Right. He changed, right? Mm. So I think what what Mark is asking is, well, what if that happened to you? What if your personality changes drastically because of some brain damage? Yes. Are you still the same person, or are you now a different person? There's a good question. There's a good question, and it kind of I don't know. What do you think, Tim? What do I think? Yeah. I think you must be who you think you are. So I, I'd like to know what Phineas Gage thought about all this. Did he go, yeah, I'm still Phineas Gage, sod off, I'm in a bad mood, which I'm not normally. So, uh, so you think that the subject has a, has some special privilege here and, and like what what 
he or she thinks yeah. de- determines who he or she is. Yeah, I do. Okay. Actually. All right, then. Suppose that tomorrow your body, yeah. I'm not going to presume that it's you, but your body wakes up yeah. and the thoughts that your body is thinking, that your brain is thinking, are, I'm Fidel Castro. And I'm absolutely convinced of that. And I don't know what I'm doing uh, in London, especially Leightonstone of all places. Uh, and and I can't remember how to speak Spanish. We must but have a revolution. Still, I am. Yeah, it's not a terrible idea. And, but still, I am Fidel Castro. Yeah. Right? So, okay. So if I woke up thinking I was Fidel Castro, everyone Does around make- me would go, oh my God, Tim thinks he's Fidel Castro. We must get him to the hospital. Yeah. And... Really, just because you think you're Fidel Castro, does that make you Fidel Castro? No, he doesn't. No. No, no. no so there you go. That's that's, uh, that's double that six, that, that argument. Yeah. And that, that also makes me think of, you know, the, the, the very, it's, it's in the... Um, it's in the media a lot now, and it's a, it's a big topic of discussion, is, is uh, people who feel they are born in the wrong sex. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who feel, oh, this isn't me. Yeah. I'm in the wrong body. Yeah. Well, if somebody woke, if somebody woke up, it's just on on a transgender t- tangent, for example, if someone start, if I started to say, "Listen, I am Tina. I am not Tim. I am. I'm trapped. I'm. I'm this woman trapped in a in a, in a man's, in a man's body. body." Yeah, uh, that's that's an identity crisis. Uh, but very, but but the fate that the we don't go, don't be daft. Yeah, you're a bloke. Yeah. We go. Oh you feel and think that way and you right. have all these thoughts and emotions as Tina, not as Tim. That's true. And maybe someday our society will be so open-minded that if you insist that you're Fidel Castro, then we just accept that. You are Fidel Castro. <laughs> now, I, don't, I don't mean to trivialize, you know, the LGBT issues. I'm just saying that it's interesting that we have expanded our concepts so much to accept that mm. and then where will our, where will our expansion go next right what mm. what more will we accept mm. i kind of felt you know when when i was a little kid there was this show called free to be you and me it was a special that was on tv with puppets and and stuff it was for kids right and it just kept emphasizing the idea that that you can be anything you want to be right this was just a, a one-off thing and um and I think that that kind of way of thinking in the 70s really influenced culture a lot so that like by the time I was in junior high school or high school, people were thinking like, well, I can be a person from the 1960s, even though it's, you know, 1985 or, you know, I can be a woman or I can be uh, whatever I want to be. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's I think that's a really interesting and wonderful thing that we can do now. That do now. Um, hey, you can be a philosopher. I can be a philosopher, or I could just pretend I'm a philosopher and have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, can I see your certificates? <laughs> <laughs> no, Why didn't I put them? Yeah. No, but yeah, exactly. We have that. We've been given that freedom. There's that. There was the. You know, it's very much the I generation, wasn't it? From the seventies, especially people were finding themselves, finding, you know, that whole notion of, I mean, a lot, I'm sure a lot of people went to San Diego to find themselves, you know, I sub- or certainly mm. that West Coast Californian thing. Yeah, know, right. To be More very San Francisco. The me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the me generation. Yeah, the me generation. The thing I would like to point out is that what we've been talking about for the last couple of minutes is a different sense of identity from the, the, the kind of identity that is discussed in metaphysics in the in the philosophy of how the world is ah, so, right. right okay yeah. so there's there's identity in the sense of uh who you f- who you feel like you are your character how you're characterized and then there's identity of in the sense of is this person the same person as that person or not right it's yeah a, it's more of a straightforward question in a sense okay uh, it's also a very complicated question but at least on the face of it, it's not a matter of how people feel or the way they act or what their character attributes are. It's more a question of, okay, what are the pieces in this game, right? Yeah. Is this piece the same piece as that? 
is this the same piece of bread that I left on the table 20 minutes ago or not? So you know what might help? Let's, let's, let me take it back to, so Mark was mentioned this, this issue about like the cells in your body change constantly yes. so you're not your body, right? Yeah. That doesn't necessarily follow because there's, a, there's an old puzzle in philosophy called the ship of Theseus. Have you heard of the ship of Theseus? Go on. Right. So Theseus has this ship. It's called the ship of Theseus because it's his ship. Okay. (laughs) I'm with you so far. (laughs) Good. All right. And so, but um, some of the planks are starting to rot. So they get removed and replaced with other planks. Oh, right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then some more of them rot and they get replaced and so on and so on. After about, say, five years, every single piece of the ship of Theseus has been replaced. Yeah. Is it still the same ship? Mm. No. Some would say no, because yeah. the ship of Theseus has been removed, the material is gone, so this is new material, so it's a different ship. Yeah. Some would say yes, because it's really just the continuity of the structure of the ship that makes it the ship of Theseus. Yeah. And at each stage in this process, it was still the ship of Theseus. You replace one plank, it's still the ship of Theseus. Theseus still has a ship. Yeah, let's leave Theseus out okay, of it. Okay, all right, let's, okay. Let's, this is um, just like Trigger's Broom. Trigger's Broom, or even the bicycle. Trigger's Broom. The one I know is the bicycle. Oh, oh what's Trigger's Broom? Oh, yeah. Oh, feels noises. Yeah. It's like living in a foreign country. I have no idea what you people are talking about. <laughs> well, this uh, Only Fools and Horses is a, oh, a only fools sitcom. Oh, Only Fools and Horses, of course, yeah. Uh, and uh, Trigger, yeah, Trigger had a broom, didn't he? Uh, he for like 20 years. Yeah, and he'd replaced the... Handle a certain amount of times and the brush a certain amount of times. And he still had his broom. His broom. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an even more troubling example because there's really just two pieces. <laughs> yeah, but actually, well, it's easier to kind of, yeah, you, you're going to exchange it quicker, aren't you? We're going to get to, yeah. to the bottom of Trigger's broom quicker than the ship of Theseus. It'll take us years to change all the bits in that one. <laughs> but the ship of Theseus has a more classical feel. Yes. And right. I think we should stay with the romance, romance of, of Theseus's ship. Yeah, we, on the med. We, you know, I watched Only Fools and Horses once and I couldn't understand a word they were saying. <laughs> oh, you've got, yeah. a, you've got a long way to go, man. Park. I know, I know. In and the, I've, I've, been, the ways here, of us I've been here 10 years. I still, <laughs> it's, it's still like um, Tower of Babel. Anyway. Um, Thesis is shipped. So what yeah. they've done is they've built a complete, Who, all who's the, the bits. Who's the guy with the broom? What's his name? Trigger. Trigger. Okay, so let's call it Trigger Ship. Okay. Um, and let's suppose Trigger Thesis- can't have a ship. He'll never manage. He'll never manage. <laughs> and and let's suppose Theseus sells it to Trigger, and Trigger sells it on to someone else. It doesn't matter who owns the ship. Okay. Okay. But here's the ship, and everyone calls it the ship of Theseus because it used to belong to Theseus. Sure. Right. And and it seems it's the same ship, same shape, whatever. Maybe it's changed a little. But all the pieces are gone. Is it still the same ship or not? Now, what's your gut feeling on this ship? No, it, well, no, it's not. It's not. That's my gut feeling. It's because good. physically, it's it's a completely different thing. I think you're influenced by the trigger example. Am I? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know. But okay, it's a completely different thing. But your gut feeling is really, that it is, it's, it is his ship. Well, yeah, okay. So I think that the identity conditions of a ship are pretty fluid. But, you know, if you just replace one plank... It's still the same ship, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. If you just replace one plank again, it's still the same yeah, ship. Yeah, if you do it in little bits like that. There's a there's sort of a, a sororities argument. That means like, so there's a bunch of little steps and then at the end you're right back, where, you're still yeah. where you started, right? So look, if it's the case that replacing one ship does not change the identity of the ship. Okay. Then... Shifting I, cells, changing be, the cells of yeah. the body doesn't change Doesn't the change identity. the body, right? Now, let's suppose um, that all this time that the planks are being replaced, somebody is squirreling away all the planks. Yeah. And then he reassembles them mm. somewhere else and he says, I like that. I have the original ship of Theseus. Yeah. That would go for a fortune on eBay. <laughs> but you're missing the point. Okay. Right. Sorry. <laughs> That's true. But the, the point is that, look, here's one guy who has the ship of Theseus because it's continuous with... The original ship, and it's yeah. only been replaced one plank at a time. Yeah. The ship of Theseus has continued to exist the whole yeah. time. Here's this other guy 
He has all the planks from the first ship of Theseus. Just made over of all the leftovers. Yeah, but he's reassembled them yeah. into the original ship. It's exactly the same wood yeah. in exactly the same configuration yeah. as the original ship of Theseus. Who has the real ship of Theseus? That's the kind of question yeah. that we're dealing with. Here. It is. Right? Which one of those is the ship of Theseus that we started out with? Or is either of them? Now, Derek Parfit, right? He says, consider this. And this is a, I think this example is due to Shoemaker. But you have an operation. Um, for some reason, your brain is divided in two. Yeah. Each half is placed in a different body. Neither of them is your original body. Right. Both halves are quite functional. And, you know, they say that the brain has a lot of redundancy in it so that even if you just took half your brain away, you would still feel like the same person and you would be, you know... Okay. You could, you could compensate anyway. So suppose that each half of the brain is put into a different body. Okay. Now the question is, which one of the resulting people is you? Mm. Right? You have person A and person B. There, there are a few possibilities here, right? Yeah, yeah. It could be that neither one of them is you, and that you are dead. You're gone. There's, okay. There are now two other people, each of which has half a brain, mm. um, which is not so good. Sounds like me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so each of which has a quarter of a brain. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, each of which thinks that they are you, but neither of them is. Okay. Right? Because after all... These people are both going to remember some some things that you've done. They're both going to think that you're you. You could get a lot done. Yeah. Well, they're they're dim though. They only oh. have half brain. <laughs> okay. Take twice as long. Take, Take twice, twice as long. As long. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It could be that neither of them is you. It could be that one of them is you, but the other is not. But then that would just be asymmetrical. Why should a why yeah, should this exactly. guy be you and not that one? It's got to be Doesn't all or nothing for me. All or nothing, right? Yeah. Could it be that both of them are you? Wow. That doesn't really make sense because, because if person if result A is you and result B is you, mm. then by the transitivity of identity, A is you and you are B, therefore A is B. But yeah. but that's impossible because A and B are different people. They're they're in different bodies, they're now one of them is going to watch cowboy movies and the other one is washing dishes. They can't be the same person. Yeah. You'd be like twins. Yeah, it'd be like, it'd be like twins. But the question is, who in this scenario is Tim Newton? Mm-hmm. Now, what Derek Parfit says is, there's, there's no good answer. There's no good answer. Oh, that's all right. That's easy for him to say. Yeah, but he has a point. He has a point. Uh, yeah. He's not just giving up. He's okay. saying, look, you can ask yourself, you can bang your head against the wall saying... Who is who? And that's not really important. The fact is, we have run into, uh, and now I'm going to go a bit Wittgenstein on you here. We've run into a situation where... <laughs> going to get Wittgenstein on our ass. Okay, yeah. go, go for it. We've got into a situation where our concept of, of identity and who is who and who is you and who is not you just is run aground. It doesn't apply anymore. Right. It's not going to work. It doesn't, so there's no answer. Oh. Give it up. But what do we care about? We care about surviving. Is Tim Newton dead or is Tim Newton doubly alive? Oh. Are there two Tim Newtons now in the sense that you have lived, right? Yeah. And, and what Parvitt says is that, well, look, what, what really matters to us here is not identity, is this person me or not? What matters to us is, has my consciousness continued? Am I carrying out my projects? Am I still alive? Yes. Am I still alive in the sense that, that, that my consciousness carries on? Right? And my concerns are being seen to yeah. by someone who at least thinks he's myself. Right? Well, I mean, yeah. So Parfit says, okay... Sawed all this, and, and I'm, I'm uncomfortable with anglicisms, but after 10 years here, I, I keep adopting them automatically. Okay. But he says, sawed all this, uh, all this rubbish about identity. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's you. Right. And what's really important is, has your consciousness lived on? 
in a way that satisfies your desire to persist. Right? Yeah. And he would say, well, what's happened here is not that you've died in an important sense, because you've lived on twice over. Yeah. So that's good. God, the advantages. Yeah. God, you, Think of it. you really could. You know, you take it in turns to do all the all domestic stuff. And, yeah. you know. Or some things you could do together if, if that's what you're into. <laughs> you know. I don't know. Talk to your wife about yeah. it. You don't, you know, you don't want to just spring it on her. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a Schwarzenegger movie. I think it's called The Fifth Element where um, Schwarzenegger is cloned. It's either an android. I think he's cloned, right? He's cloned while he's unconscious, right? And he wakes up. And this is not a, a realistic cloning where, you know, you've got some sort of baby sheep that's barely, barely going to live. It's they've, they've reproduced his body and his mind in another instance, right? And he wakes up from this operation. Uh, well, both of them wake up from this operation. And what do they each think? They each think, I am the Arnold Schwarzenegger character yeah. from the last scene, right? Each one of them has absolute conviction that I am me and this other guy's an imposter. Yeah. Right? So, uh, where was I going with that? I don't know. But at the end, you know, the wife is happy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that matters, folks. No, so... Uh, what film would that be then? It's your the fifth element. That's it's not the fifth. Release. Yeah, yeah, that's not oh, the fifth okay, element. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah have a look. Let's find out what that is. See what that yeah. movie is. Let's go back because the obvious place to go back to for me in terms of identity and who do you think you are is Descartes. It's a bit obvious. Descartes. Okay. Who says, I think, therefore I am. I am, right. Who's identifying the, the, that sense of consciousness and identity that's true and yeah. the and the and the freedom to identify yourself but that's kind of another sort of almost a side issue but that that sense of consciousness defines yourself it it emphasizes the idea that consciousness is what's important to our existence and our persistence right? yeah is it's, that right well uh, i would say yes i mean personally i would get into the transporter if i had to if I didn't have to, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess with it because I feel a little squeamish about this stuff. Like, but somebody, I, I, I go you in first, right? I go you in go first, first, right? And, and I go down to the planet, and I come back up, and I go, Matt, Matt, it's all right. Look, it's still me. That's just creepy. That doesn't. That's just like a, you know a, a creepy sort of body snatchers movie where the body snatchers are trying to convince you that you know, uh, you oh, trust, going for it, it's all fine. Oh, yeah. you wouldn't trust no, me. Yeah. But but to be honest, like. My my thinking about this is. But what if I said? What yeah. if I said? Right, give me a secret word. Right. Yeah. Now, just give me. I know you you're going to remember the word. That doesn't help. Oh uh, well, but if I remember the word, the question surely, is. The question is. The question is. Does remembering the word and everything else constitute surviving, or is it just you, an imposter with false memories, uh. or not you, but someone else with? an imposter with false memories, right? Yeah. That's the question. Now, personally, I think that question doesn't really make sense. And the answer is, yeah, get in the transporter. It's fine. <laughs> the sixth day. The sixth day. Ah, that's the... You, sixth you see day? why I've I confuse it with the fifth film. element, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the sixth day. Because apparently on the fifth day, God created, uh, I don't know, tortillas. And on the sixth day, it was bad Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Oh, wow. Do you know that film, Jason? Do you know it though? It's not good. Watch that. It's not good, but it's quite funny. It sounds good. Is it? Oh, okay. But anyway, so you wouldn't trust me if I came back and said it's all right. You wouldn't. It's aside from the point that that you say it's all right. I know you're going to say it's all right. Ah. At the same time, so I'm, I'm I'm being a little inconsistent here. At the same time, what I really think is it's very important that you say it's all right, and that's actually all that matters. But if I were if I were faced with that choice and I didn't have to do it, I might be a little hesitant because, yeah, just to be killed and reproduce somewhere else, I'm not sure if I would really continue to exist or not. Mm. But my conviction as a philosopher is, yeah, that's absolutely as good as continuing to exist. If it doesn't count as continuing to exist, who cares? That's just a semantic distinction, right? That's just words. Yeah. The important thing is that a consciousness just like mine 
persists. Right. Okay. And thinks that he's me and that's good enough. But I do think <laughs> that like if people went through these sort of processes over and over again, then then there would be no further question to worry about it. Be, you know, yeah, I you know, I got in the transporter to go to work this morning and you know, um and then I got in the transporter again to come home because it's Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Because people used to be afraid of sitting on a steam train because they thought they'd suffocate. But this sense of being, this sense of self, Mm -hmm. is tied up in so much more than us just being here now. It's like the guy uh, who famously had a terrible condition where every two minutes... He had a, a terrible problem with his memory. It did, uh, <clears throat> something that had affected his brain. And every two minutes, he suddenly went, oh my God, I'm alive. Right. I'm alive now for the first time ever. My God. Yeah. And he recognised things around him. He recognised that this was a glass of wine. and was going, oh, mm. oh God, that's the best, best wine I've ever tasted. And he was in this perpetual sense <laughs> of excitement because he just <clears throat> arrived. He had no sense of, of his past. I don't know. I think, I think that... When big chunks of who you are disappear, we revert to whatever chunks are left. And if, and if the mind disappears, then we identify you by your body. But in the case where the mind is still there, but it's in a different body, then we'll say, oh, well, I guess that's you and this isn't you anymore, right? There are all these- we go for the mind, yeah. not the body. We go for the mind. We go for the mind if it's available. Yeah. And if not, we go for scraps of the mind. And if that's not there, then we go for the body. Let's, I, think, I think that the fun examples for, for philosophy uh, are, are the ones where, where it's, not, it's not so fuzzy. There's not so much of the person left, right? Or take examples where, like, you've been in operation with, say, RuPaul, just for example. And you, you and RuPaul are both on operating tables and someone has figured out a way to reconfigure RuPaul's brain to be exactly like yours. <laughs> and to be a, just a mirror of what yours looks like right now. And configured yours to look exactly like RuPaul's. Oh, right. Okay. Right? So now RuPaul wakes up, or in any case, RuPaul's body yeah. wakes up and, and says, I'm Tim Newton. And, and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a black rules. woman trapped yeah. in a black man's body. And look at these heels. <laughs> they are magnificent. Yes. Yeah. I go, oh, yeah. And, and, then, and then poor old RuPaul yeah. wakes up in my body. Yeah. Good God. Who's got the, I don't know who's got the worst yeah. deal, really. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So, now, but you quickly went to describing it as RuPaul wakes up in my body, right? I think that's a natural oh, yeah. way in, of reading it. Yeah. It's... This body no body. longer contains you, it contains RuPaul. Yeah. Okay. And RuPaul's old body contains yours, which is it's a decent body, right? Either either way you look at it. Um, probably quite fit, a lot yes. fitter than me. Yeah, quite fit. Um, and, you know, plus, you know, it's a good career. Still. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, <laughs> then, so then you're inclined to say, okay, so that's RuPaul and this is me. Now... This has been the popular theory for a while. Uh, I think, you know, for most of the 20th century, it was Locke's theory that memory and consciousness is what counts. Uh, The 20th century up until the 70s, it was mostly, yeah, Locke was right, it's consciousness and memory that counts. Yeah. And now there's there's this guy called Eric Olson. Okay. And he says, no. You are not a consciousness. You are a human animal. Just like a giraffe or a monkey, you're an animal. And when that animal is destroyed, you're gone. When someone else's consciousness is somehow placed into your your body, it doesn't matter, you're still you, because you're an animal, and the animal that you are is who you are. Mm-hmm. So here's the argument for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, here's an argument, right? It's it's called the too many minds argument, I think, or something like that. Okay. Okay. So sounds like a good title for an so, argument. So so let me ask you this, Tim: How many thinking beings are sitting in that chair right now? The chair I'm sat in. Yeah, that one. How many thinking beings are sitting in that chair? I would say one. Good. That was that was the warm up question. <laughs> okay. Well done. Okay. Um, 
Now, uh, is there a human animal sitting in your chair? Yes. Yeah, right? In other words, a human being, an animal, homo sapiens. Yeah. A body. Definitely. Yeah. Is that animal thinking? Well, more or less. Yes. (laughs) We are getting to the close of the wine, but yes, I am still thinking. Right. Good. And um, are you thinking? Am I thinking? Are you thinking right now? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. And we've established there's only one thing sitting in that chair thinking. Only one of me. And and we've established that a human animal is sitting in that chair thinking. Yeah. So you are the human animal. I believe so. Right. But then that means that your identity conditions, what makes you you, are the conditions of an animal. Right? Yeah. If the animal dies and we have to, to you know, put it in the ground. Yeah. It doesn't matter You're if there's doing another animal. <laughs> right? The, the thing is... The, yeah, you put art, me in the ground and I die. I die yeah. and you put me in the ground, yeah. Even if there's another animal who thinks it's you... Right, the conditions of an animal, a body. Yeah, you're a body now. Yeah, that's, that's basically what you've just admitted. Yeah, you're not a mind. You're not a consciousness. Yeah. You're a body that thinks. Yeah. yeah. No, well, no, exactly. That would be that would be how I'd feel about things. Well, okay, but at the same time, you also feel that if your if your brain were if RuPaul's brain were reconfigured to be exactly like yours, then you would be in her body. Oh yeah. And so Olson's argument says, no, that's not true. Doesn't matter what you, how you configure the brain. Mm-hmm. You're a human animal. The, the the animal has not left the operating table, so you're now a human animal who thinks it's RuPaul but isn't. Yeah, that's that's Olson's argument. Right? So, what do you think about that? Is it which is it? After well, the operation, is RuPaul in your body, or is it is are you your body? And nothing has changed except your delusions. Mm. Well, the question I would be asking myself in RuPaul's body, yeah. should I wake up there? Yeah. Or, or should the sense of... of should, what, should, should something, something wake, wake up, up there in, thinking in it's you? Should in RuPaul's body thinking it's me? Mm-hmm. I would be going... Do I look fabulous? Do I look fabulous? <laughs> I just look no. so fabulous. Who cares? That, that's what that's what the person in Tim's body is thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, They're going, yeah. oh my God. I think there's a problem with the too many minds argument, with the who's in your chair argument. I think there's a problem with there, that. There is. What, what's, your, what's your problem with it? Um, when we ask the question, is the animal in your chair thinking... Yeah. And let me back it up. I think that the the first question I asked you, how many people, how many beings in that chair are thinking? Yes. And you said one. Yes. You went for the obvious answer. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah. And, and as I often you, do. And there are a lot of ways to to criticize that, right? So okay. first of all, look, okay, how many Heads are positioned of your... Uh, well, okay, so there's a head positioned above your chair, right? There is. Yeah. And it's thinking, isn't it? It is. Okay. And then there's your body, which is in the chair, and it's thinking, right? Your whole personhood, the whole... Yeah, the, 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 the body is supporting the head that is thinking. Your brain is thinking, your head is thinking, your entirety is thinking. All of these different things are thinking. There are different ways that we can count the parts of you so that... There's actually not just one thing in your chair that's thinking. It's a lot of different parts of you, and perhaps something else. It isn't just a physical part, right? Ah, uh-huh. the 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 you that is you. Or we could say this: maybe the body thinks, but the mind is the product of that thinking. And okay. when we say um, the thinking thing is you, we mean it's you in a different sense from when we say you would survive the mind transfer operation or the teleporter transfer, mm. the teleporter thing, right? Yeah. So when we talk about you in that case, we're talking about your consciousness, the thing that's important. Why do I only think that there's one of me, one one source of these thoughts then on yeah. this chair? Okay, we all have the sense that there's just one me, right? Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like, feel like that one me is sort of like, 
um, a spectator sitting in a little theater inside your head? When I've been really, 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 really drunk, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've sensed like the like uh, uh, just a little man kind of piloting this 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 big complicated ship. Well, who is he? Uh, it was still me sat in a chair. Okay. All right. Uh, that was okay. There you go. So you're poking her holes in holes in your own claim, right? Okay. There's a little man in the chair. <laughs> yeah. Who's running the show? Yeah. But you are the larger thing that he's running, right? Yeah. So that's, are you when, you? When I had a lot of vodka. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I know you normally think of yourself as one thing. I do. But the point. So there are two points here. One is that. There are different ways of cutting up who you are. Uh, thought can be attributed to all of these different parts. Take another part. How about the part that consists of every all of you except your left leg? Does it think? My left leg. No, no. Oh, Everything the except rest your, of it. The rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about all of you except your right leg? Does yeah, you think? could. You could. You could remove my legs, and I would be the same person without legs. Yeah. Okay. So there are. Lots of different things in your chair that we could attribute thinking to. It just depends how you cut it up, right? When we say there's only one thing, thinking thing in your chair, we're not really thinking about all the different ways that we could... Cut me up. Yeah, the different ways we could cut you up. And maybe one way to cut you up is to leave out all of the body and only think of the thinking. Yes. Right? One way to cut you up would be leave out the body altogether, and it's just the thinking itself that's really important. Okay, yes. Right? Yeah. What if in the future you could upload your consciousness? Yes, uploading. Live forever in a computer. (gasps) Yeah, what if we could do that? What if there was a book that contained all of the information of your consciousness, and if people just read your book yeah. and carry out the instructions of how to do the mental processing that you would have done so mm. that that mental processing over millions of years takes place. Yeah. Right? So we don't even need electronics or a computer. You've been uploaded to a book. A giant book that contains all of your consciousness. Is it a proper book? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's uh, just letters on pages. Okay. Right, right okay. But... But, you know, the information of your consciousness is still there. Okay. And the processing still gets done by some kind of physical process that you wouldn't even recognize as a... As a as an, as but you person. read it and you can learn to become... Think like me. Yeah. Or maybe it's an... Maybe the book is actually an algorithm. It's a set of instructions of how to execute the operations of, of Tim Newton's former brain. Wow. Right? So you can... Oh, Better than a book, all right? This makes more sense. It's a game, right? You've got a bunch of markers in a huge array, and you move them around, and it does the same thing that the computer would do if it were simulating you. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, you can talk to it by sort of arranging certain pieces over here, and then you have to follow certain rules to move other pieces so that it acts just like your brain would, right? It's impossible, but conceptually. Yeah, I like the idea. So... I mean, is it possible then that would would that mean that you're still alive, or because oh. your brain is being the structure of your brain has been reinstantiated? It'd be in this like other loads process? of people doing impressions. You think? It'd be like an impression. Yeah, maybe so, maybe so. But I mean, if you really if you really buy the idea that consciousness and and memory is a quantifiable a- thing. I mean, if it, that makes it quantifiable, doesn't it? That makes your consciousness yeah. a quantifiable entity. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you can imagine that there would be a way that you could take everything about the way I thought yeah. and, and transpose it into paper, onto paper, onto which paper. Would then would be almost like a set of instructions on well, how say, to be me. Yeah. Or let's say, let's say somebody writes down Rules. A, 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 a 90 terabyte description of your brain, which captures everything important about how <laughs> as it functions. As much as that. I don't think you need as much as that. And then a million years, somebody else transcribes that into an actual, say, Android or something. Yeah. Right? 
So your consciousness now has been written into a book, yeah, and then rewritten into a physical instantiation, and which now thinks it's you. I mean, now we're just back to the same old thing. Right? Yeah, it doesn't really matter whether it's a book or yeah. Whatever it happens. So there's some sort of transference happened. Mm. It's all very implausible, and that would be, and that would would that still be me? That's yeah. that's the question, and and I think that it doesn't matter if consciousness matters, but. You know, you know what what people say about these sorts of problems in philosophy. What do they say? Who gives a, a wise? Right? <laughs> it's like this is all impossible. This is just nonsense. We're in fantasy land. It's silly, right? Yeah. But I think that who we are is a very important question. Yeah. What makes us who we are is a very important question. And if you think that there's some little man sitting inside your head. Or a soul that makes you who you are, which is another thing that Locke and Parfit address, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's a soul. It doesn't doesn't address the problem. But if you think that 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 there's a there's this mysterious magical thing inside you called a soul that makes you who you are, and it's only by the persistence of that thing that you survive. And if you think that that thing is immortal and therefore you're going to get your rewards in the next life, oh. then that affects your life. Yeah. So we need to understand who we are and what makes us who we are. Yeah. Even if it requires us to think about a lot of silly science fiction to work it out. Mm. That's what I think. Yeah. I think I agree. I also think... The bottle... The the, the bottle is empty. Uh, Well, apart from these last few dregs. So, uh, yeah. yeah, Cheers, gentlemen. Did you? I hope that tomorrow... I still will remember tonight and be who I was. Oh, you've been working up in 1976 Turkey. Yeah. Oh, God. And why, you know, why do I have to have all of this for breakfast?